the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. And more. Thanks for listening to the show. 800 516 to each calls in the air. It's 800 516 to each calls in the air. We've had a couple more calls recently, which is always kind of a nice thing. Um, don't get too caught up in it. It's just a phone call. 800 516 each calls on the air. Walmart shoppers don't need cash registered to buy anymore. We're starting to see more and more kiosks. The rise of the robot, so to speak, right? McDonald's has launched a new job shadowing program where McDonald's is trying to say, hey, work here and you'll have a great career. Starbucks has done a pretty good job of saying you know, this is your first step to a corporate gig. McDonald's announced a plan to help put young restaurant workers one step closer towards achieving their goals, whether it be a burger chain or maybe elsewhere. So we're seeing some of these kind of little stories like that, where Walmart's edging out some workers uh, with more robotics. McDonald's trying to encourage workers to stay with more perks. We're in a little bit of a problem here. 62% of jobs don't support middle-class life in the United States. And when you account for cost of living, it's even more miserable. So elsewhere out there, I see Under Armour's having a, a pretty big day today. We'll talk about that as the show goes on. A company that was kind of left for dead, but had a lot of sales, but had just awful margins. And it sank, 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 sank. But today it's uh, well above 20 again. So one of the things I, I tend to like to go back to again and again and again is how affordable is our society and what sort of world are we leaving, economically speaking, to our children? I see we're going to have over $1.4 trillion of debt issued this year. So you could say, hey, uh, we've got a great president, or hey, we have a horrible president, look how great our economy is with, in spite of him, or hey, we've got a great president, look how great our economy is with him. 
I'll just tell you that one thing we're making a mistake on is when you print money, it's not that special. So it's it's tough to say otherwise. Apple's having a big event today. I know you're saying, didn't Apple already have their big event? Yeah. Apple's introducing some new iPads. They just announced a new MacBook Air at its event in Brooklyn. Companies expected to announce a new model of the iPad Pro and the new Mac computers. Um, it's not something to get terribly excited by, in my opinion. But heading into earnings season, it's kind of a nice little thing that they're putting on the side of yet another event where they could show off some of their product other than just their phones and their their music. So this is all about new iPad stuff, uh, which, again, I'm part of the culture, the ecology, and I'm comfortable with that. I was thinking about it today. You know, what would it take to get me to switch to the Google platform at this point in time? I, I'm, I would say I'm already $500 plus ingrained. Now, I know you're saying $500. What's that? Just like the movies I've bought on iTunes, I just I kind of want to keep it simple. And when you start having to go to Google Store to get something, to get something, it starts to lose its fun, so to speak. So, but with that said, I'm also not excited. Thing one about Apple's introducing MacBook Air. Ten years ago, I would have looked at that and gone, you know, Ooh, let's take a look at that. What's what's that all about? Is, is do they got the fingerprint thing? Do they got the facial recognition thing? What do they got? S&P 500, NASDAQ 100, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average all started the day higher. Of which, I think October's been a stressful month for people. So when there's a positive bias, we're like, ooh, sweet. That's nice. Um, but I think there's kind of a doubtful, I don't want to use the word doubtful Thomas. I know that's a religious saying, right? Um, I think there's a doubt thing going on in the market, a market doubting thing. So we'll see where we are at the end of the month. We'll see where we you know, start next month and close out the year. I'm optimistic that we rally from these levels, thinking that we're a little oversold based on economic data. And now there's some, some chances the Federal Reserve may back off on their December rate hike. Um, it's gone from about 80% certainty to about 60% certainty that they'll raise rates in December. And that's a pretty big window, but uh, Wall Street seems to like that kind of thing. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down roughly 9% in October. The S&P 500 is down 9.4%. The S&P Midcap's down 11.4%. The NASDAQ's down 12%. The Russell's down almost 13%. So we have a correction. This is what a correction feels like. Um, I've never had a big earthquake. I know. Knock on wood, right? I've been in California almost 20 years, and you know, I felt two very small shimmers. Maybe where I live, maybe luck, maybe a lot of things, but never had an earthquake. Don't know what it feels like. So, But this is what a correction feels like. It's not been a fun month. Will we see more corporate share buybacks announced? China's Shanghai Composite jumped 1% today. Regulators are trying to improve liquidity, share buybacks, M&A activity. So these are all very positive bullish signs if we're trying to find a bottom in the market. 
Coca-Cola, Pfizer, MasterCard, Mondelez, General Electric, all are reporting numbers, so there's a lot to work through today. GE is a stock that is a story today. GE, Warren Buffett once said something, and I, I hope it was Warren Buffett who said this. I could be wrong. Invest in GE, not G-Wiz. Oh, I could be wrong on that, but he, he, the idea, there, there used to be this mantra. Mantra, mantra, tantra. Tantra, tantra, mantra. There used to be this mantra that like GE could do no wrong. Today they cut their dividend to one penny, which is a far cry of what it used to be. It's a crying shame for a lot of people who were widows and orphans. This used to be a widow and orphan stock in the sense that it paid a nice dividend and it never really went down. Facebook reports today after the close. That can be a market mover. GE, not so much at this point in time. But market mover definitively could be Facebook tomorrow, today after the market, but you get the idea, right? See if anyone else... Oh, I see Electronic Arts is reporting tonight. Um, 3D Systems, Boston Properties, BJ Restaurants. I know you're saying BJ Restaurants. Isn't that that place that has, well, not the most delicious food? Yes, it's that one. And uh, ultimately, what we are going to have there is a failure to communicate. <laughs> no, no, what we're going to have there is a, a situation where maybe that's your investment. You know, I remember when Cheesecake Factory was just starting to roll out, and it, it wasn't my, I had never been to one. And when I finally went to one, I was like, whoa, this is kind of overwhelmingly like a lot of food, right? You get where I'm going out with that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big event coming up in San Jose, November 17th. It's a Saturday. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. Listen to the commercials for more information. financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Big fan, big fan of Weezer. Sweet. I know you're saying, I know you're saying, Rob, please tell me more things that I don't really care about. (laughs) You don't have to be a jerk about it. Oh, the middle class. I kind of feel that the middle class is kind of disappearing the way I used to define middle class. And that's a good thought right there. How do you define middle class? Because for me, there was like upper middle class, there was middle class, there was lower middle class. But I know I, I, know I was never poor growing up. Father had a military job and he was an officer, so we were never poor, but we were never rich. But the middle class is struggling right now. And that, that bears note, 62% of jobs don't support middle class life in America. 
And you can look at certain cities that are more middle-class friendly than others. You can look at certain states and say they're more middle-class friendly than others. Despite an unemployment rate of 3.7%, most jobs across the United States don't support middle-class or better lifestyle. So talk about wanting better-paying jobs for Americans. That's probably what you want in some theory, right? When we're now starting to say things like, you should consider Trenton, New Jersey. 50% of the jobs there will support middle class or better. Middle class is about $50,947 a year in Trenton, New Jersey. Now, it's, all, it's a lot of manufacturing, but there's also an education hub right next to Princeton. And then you can like look at Dury Chapel, uh, Durham Chapel Hill. Uh, real close to Raleigh. It's part of the research triangle. So they got universities there. They got biomedicine. They got technology. $45,000 a year will pay your middle class lifestyle. Now again, what I want for me, I don't care. I struggle. What I want for my children, a, a better life than what I had. And that's where the whole middle class thing comes in. Um, low paying jobs sometimes will be enough to get you through middle class. Like Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, Honolulu. You know, cost of living's high, but you know, you can live pretty well on sixty-six thousand dollars a year. In you know, other areas, it's going to be different. And again, it's it's like, is that what we want to say, kind of say? Let's compromise into this. Okay, I would have wanted to live in San Francisco, but I'll take Santa Rosa. There's a difference. It's like the difference between Santa Barbara. San Francisco and Santa Rosa, all very, very different. So what's kind of interesting to note is that we're towards the tail end of the year. And I'm starting to do a lot of tax planning in such situations like that. But one of the income stocks that I've liked for income for years and years and years for boring and I don't own any, but it just became a lot less likable today. Anheuser-Busch InBev, they cut its dividend, causing its shares to tumble. Um, investors who had been betting that lower volatility of segments of the economy, like beverages, adult beverages, would you know help offset some turbulence. You know, that's not what we signed up for with an Anheuser-Busch, Terrasville Bud. You kind of want the dividend. You kind of want the safety of it. Now, again, it, it goes to show you that nothing's as safe as it used to be. But Anheuser-Busch spent a lot of money buying things when they, um, they took out a lot of debt to buy SAB Miller in 2015. And when they took on that debt, you're seeing weakening volume in, I guess you would call them legacy beers companies or legacy beers. So, and then you're starting to see some of these big beer makers and food makers um, kind of change a little bit. Kraft Foods was purchased by what is now Kraft Heinz. Keurig was bought by a company called J.B. Holdings. Mondelez and White Wave acquired by Danone. Mondelez approached Hershey, Hershey, like talks broke off, but you kind of see like there's a lot of leverage and there's a lot of we want the brands and we also want the shelf space. That's super important. 
Um, but there's a lot of, you know, good, solid names out there. J.M. Smuckers, uh, Campbell Soup. I remember when Campbell Soup was an interesting investment to me because it was consistent. I haven't looked at it in years. Don't want to look at it. But you get the idea. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's talk a little bit of housing right now. S&P Case-Shiller Index came out. And again, people are going to see what they want to see. I already know that, right? But inside this data that came out today, S&P Case-Shiller Index is the one that I prefer the most because I think it does a pretty nice job of, of capturing um, very similar type of price increases. It's not kind of a national blend. It's kind of set up on cities. Nationally, prices rose 5.8% in August. That's pretty good if you own a home. It's pretty darn crappy if you don't. So if you don't and you see prices rose 5.8% and you saw your wages go 2 3% higher, you're probably a little freaked out. Um, reports that say home sales are flat to down, price gains are beginning to moderate, is the key takeaway. Uh, following reports that home sales are flat to down, price gains are, are beginning to moderate. It's If you get the volume of sales, there's no need to cut prices because inventory is not sitting on the shelf. In this case, people are paying mortgages on a monthly basis, and the longer that they have to wait to sell their home, the more they have to pay that mortgage, typically, is the right idea. Rising prices may be pricing some potential home buyers out of the market, especially now that mortgage rates have started to hike as well. The jump in mortgage interest rates really began at the start of September, but home sales were already starting to slow, so we're going to see even, I think we're going to see even more slow. But that's not necessarily true because there's people who are in who want out and there's people who are out who want in. It's very incestuous. It's a market of, uh, you know, a decent friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine. His wife does real estate and she shows up um, and she passes out literature at events on the propositions that basically she's interested in. And because she does real estate, it happens to be anything that kind of helps her with her real estate job which is how most people vote in life. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, if you have a job, you tend not to vote out the incumbent because you're happy and content. Um, so inventory started to move back towards historical norms, but markets like Vegas, home prices jumped 13.9% year over year. San Francisco up 10.6% year over year. Seattle 9.6% year over year. We'll talk more about this. So Vegas, San Francisco, Seattle all saw the biggest gains. You wouldn't have expected that, huh? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up November 17th. It's a Saturday. It is in San Jose. I would love to see you. I'm going to be teaching wealth accumulation in the afternoon. Chad's going to be doing wealth preservation in the morning. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money 
on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Halloween's right around the corner. And this year, we will be spending $9 billion as a nation on Halloween. That's very spooky to me, right? For such a one-hit-and-done kind of scenario. I kind of wish people didn't spend money on that when they don't have a 401k or a retirement plan, but I'm digressing. Let's bring in the one the only, uh, MrBriefing.com. Can I call you MrBriefing.com officially, Patrick? <laughs> Um, I, I appreciate that nod, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that title to our owner, Dick Green. <laughs> Dick Green is just as voluminous as you as a writer on briefing.com. I've, I've liked his stuff for years, and uh, we'll call you Mr. O'Hare, and we'll call him Mr. Green. So it Sounds good. <laughs> With that said, um, Mr. Market, Warren Buffett once referred to the market as kind of having its own little, um, how shall we say, psychology what do you think the psychology on the market is right now? Because October just feels like I, I'm feeling people are bummed. So what's your feeling on the market right now? Well, I mean, the, the, I think the price action alone uh, reflects this, uh, this bummed-out nature. Uh, and, you know, probably one of the most bummed-out aspects of it is this recognition that a market that uh, for years now has always seemed to bounce back pretty easily from uh, selling interest, uh, it just can't find a bid that, that can be sustained. And so you keep having these, these disappointing reversals because, you know, the market hasn't exhibited any signs yet that it's, that it's found a base here and, and that the, the selling activity in October has, has run its course. And so uh, while you have, you know, a lot of pundits out there and a lot of people saying, hey, we're due for a bounce because the market's oversold, uh, it just creates more frustration when you don't get that bounce. And that probably is worth reminding your listeners that, you know, markets can stay oversold for an extended period of time, you know, longer than you might think, just as they can stay overbought. So uh, so price action is, is, is key, and you're just not getting the, um, uh, you know, the right kind of leadership right now from the right names and the right sectors. Uh, instead, you know, they're they're leading in a very negative fashion um, uh, based on price action and even based on, you know, what we're starting to hear out of some of the, you know, the, some of the guidance. So, uh, so it is definitely a, a skittish uh, a time right now for, uh, for stock investors. With that said, it's also one of the first times that stocks have been off 10% from their highs, and we want to buy at discounts, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, right. Go ahead. I mean, I, mean, well, I was just going to say, look, you know, it, it, it's never, it never feels good, you know, when you see something like this, right? Because the, the reality is, is that prices always come down faster than they go up. And when you get this rapid movement to the downside, uh, particularly when it's been so good for so long, it creates a lot of doubt and a lot of uncertainty. You know, is this the beginning of the end, and are we entering a bear market, right? So it's really tough to kind of uh, feel comfortable, you know, even when 
when people like me and, and others say, hey, this is a kind of a normal pullback. It's, it's something that is, is healthy in the end for the equity market. But, you know, but it's tough to stomach that. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, something to keep in mind here, I guess, um, is, you know, the S P 500, you know, we're down you know, roughly 9% this month. And for the year, you know, we're basically flat, you know, up, up a little bit when you, when you account for dividends. So, so if you take a, a step back and you look at the, the real bigger picture, you know, no one's really worse for the wear here than they were when they started the year. The only investors, really, who are particularly worse for the wear are the ones who bought on September 30th, right? So, so you've had a, a bull market running since, you know, March of 2009, uh, so it's over nine years old, and there's a lot of wealth that was generated, um, you know, in that move. I mean, the S&P 500 is still up close to 300% from its lows in March of 2009. So, um, so what you I think really have here is you have people that are just kind of reassessing risk exposure, uh, you know, taking money out of some of those names that have just posted huge gains, and they're doing so, you know, based on the recognition that the easy money has been made. I mean, things will get more challenging here uh, moving ahead when you have interest rates, you know, moving up, and when you have other forces that are are coming to bear that are going to help drive those interest rates uh, moving up, which, you know, namely... Uh, is is the uh, increasing instances of companies talking about you know raising prices and dealing with higher raw material costs, and so you've got inflation pressures that are coming to to the forefront right now, and that's going to, of course, keep the Fed, um, I think, inclined to raise interest rates, and so it will be a more challenging market condition. Uh, but obviously, we can't forget that we've had just a a massive run off the lows since two thousand nine, which is. Nice, and it's kind of what have you done for me lately at times, all the way Wall Street tends to work. And I don't feel a lot of stress because I look at the market kind of, I got that big Wall Street Dow Jones Industrial Average chart in my office where it goes from 1920s to today, and it just goes up and it kind of marks Vietnam and Korea and nuclear bombs and recessions and depression and high oil and low oil. and. I, I, I see the big picture, but I hear the average person really bellyache that, you know, they kind of want it to continue to go up. And it, the same thing happens with housing. They kind of want it to continue to go up. If you have it, they're happy. If you don't, you wonder, how do I get in? So corrections, I, I love corrections because they kind of, they just bring different people to the table. And to me, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, again, it, you know, it's kind of, tough to take in and I think really you know to your point about you know what that that it really extended chart of the Dow shows you over over decades is that it certainly pays to be you know patient and to, to stick with a you know systematic investing plan and uh, if you have the benefit of time on your side I mean so you know we can't I, I, I don't want to suggest that I'm so naive as to think that you know everybody has that benefit of time you know they don't you know for someone who might have been saying okay the time to retire now is you know was you know, October 1st, you know, they're probably not feeling so great and really, really nervous right now and, and might have to think about things differently as it relates to what they're seeing unfold this month than perhaps someone, you know, than certainly someone who's 30 years old, you know, and has another 35 years or so uh, until retirement and can, can obviously afford um, with the benefit of time to, to ride out this disruption we're seeing. So, so it will differ for all people, you know, based on their risk tolerances and time horizons. But, 
yeah, the biggest picture of all suggests that if you do have the benefit of time on your side, uh, the stock market, you know, uh, has its problems every now and then, but it's just been a terrific, uh, you know, wealth-generating machine for people who've, who've been able to stay invested in it over a longer period. Well said, well said. Now we're moving into the latter parts of earnings, and two surprises for me. Um, today or in the last 24 hours, Anheuser-Busch cutting their dividend and GE slashing their dividend to a penny. Uh, these were companies that 20, 30 years ago, if you were on the air with me, we would have been like, oh, these guys, they're, they're, they're rushing towards the 21st century perfect. More Chinese are going to drink beer. More Chinese are going to you know, drink soda. Like These were can't-miss stocks, right? Do, do you feel like they've missed? Do you feel like we need to update that? Do you, uh, are you a little well, shocked by the... the change yeah you know i i I don't think you can be so shocked with with ge at this juncture um it's just it's just kind of like that that uh nail in the i don't want to say nail in the coffin but it's just that you know that final reminder that this company is not what it used to be and that has to do in 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 part to mismanagement frankly over the years um, some bad decisions And 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 as i wrote in my page one column this morning it's it's really you know, a crying shame to see a company like GE struggle the way that it is. I mean, it was, uh, you know, an, an icon of a blue chip company, um, and it was it was a uh, a, a permanent resource. Uh, for income-oriented investors who knew that they had a safe and secure dividend that would continue to grow. And yes, you know, GE um, had some issues during the financial crisis, but now that, you know, everyone's beyond that uh, in, in large, to a large extent, to see them cut their dividend to a penny, uh, their quarterly dividend to a penny a share right now is just it's kind of mind-boggling, really. Uh, and it's a real disappointment that reflects, um, you know, some mismanagement at that company. Um, you know, with Anheuser-Busch, I mean, they clearly, you know, have taken on a, a lot of a debt to to grow their business, and and you know they, yeah, you know, I think are kind of paying that that price right now to to uh, you know to fund that expansion, and um, so yeah, it was, you know, it's not a good indication when when you see a company cut their dividend. Um, it, it, it's kind of a necessary evil in some situations, uh, but but it is a reminder that uh, times change, you know, and if companies are slow to keep up with those times and or they, they, you know, have mismanagement along the way, you can get into situations like this that really disrupt, you know, one's investment thesis and, and will uh, force you to look elsewhere for uh, certainly for income. Good stuff. I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. He's been a go-to source for me for 20-plus years, as has Briefing.com. Any last thoughts? We've got a little bit under a minute. Patrick. Well, you know, one of the things I've been uh, turning over here, Rob, you know, is we, we talk about, you know, uh, the market sort of being worried about hitting peak growth. Um, mm-hmm. uh, during the stock market sell, if you haven't seen the bond market really react uh, as favorably as you might have thought, uh, given the disruption. Bond yields have come down a little bit, but you certainly haven't been a huge rush to safety there. And and I think, you know, one of the trends that's unfolding here that isn't being talked about so much is perhaps this worry about uh, hitting a period of stagflation, um, that you have, uh, you know, low to no growth uh, accompanied by, you know, higher inflation, and that could keep interest rates pinned up, and it's just another factor people have to take into account and, and could also continue to drive this multiple compression we've been seeing. So, you know, one of the near-term issues on the horizon here. You got me singing, we don't need no bank, no, make us feel alive. We don't need no
robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. McDonald's is launching a plan to help employees kickstart careers across various fields. I like that story. It's good. It's fine. It's not going to change the world. Starbucks has something similar. I do think it is incumbent upon corporations in this day and age to help recruit and retain employees. Um, We have a presidency that changes every couple years, obviously, and our how many immigrants do we let into the country or not in the country? How many are highly skilled? How many are not? Uh, in theory, you want the highly skilled ones because they pay the, the high taxes. So you're getting bang for your buck of how many we let in versus how many we let work versus how many we say no to. It's crazy saying this stuff out loud, is it not? Halloween retail spending. We're going to spend $9 billion this year on Halloween. The average person will spend a record $86.79. Halloween is much, much more affordable than, say, Christmas or Thanksgiving. It's a lot of fun. Comes in with a a whoosh, and it leaves with a bang, so to speak, right? Um, I remember, gosh, some of my best days as a child, loving Halloween. And then uh, as a young adult, going bar hopping and Halloween costumes and it's ultimately crazy sexy because you got a you know mask on and stuff. It's whoa fun, right? Speaking of whoa fun, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton from newfocusfinancial.com. Chad. Five years from the date you're ready to retire. Your portfolio looks like it should the day you retire. So if, if you're going to retire in 2023, right now your portfolio should be exactly how it looks on the date of retirement. You have three years worth of your projected portfolio draws in cash type investments like CDs and the rest in a balanced portfolio. Probably no more than 65% growth, 35% defensive. If you don't have that, you could end up retiring in a down market. And I haven't read the article, but I'm looking at CNBC and they have this article under the personal finance section by Tyler Clifford. Retiring in a down market can be much less for the rest of your life. And I saw this happen over and over again in the tech boom, where the toughest part was having people come to reality when it came to expectations of return because of that term, new economy, where everybody thought they were expert because they were taking their retirement accounts and investing all in tech and PE ratios were you know over 70, and they thought that you know, everything was going to go to the moon. And there was a lot of people that were super aggressively invested all the way through 1999. They decided to retire because they were wealthy on paper. They retired and then the market fell apart and they had zero plan. Now the tech correction was not nearly as painful as a great recession because in the tech correction, it was the big tech stocks that got hammered. The companies that were drastically overvalued and or had no revenue to show for it. Small cap value, real estate, the bond market, it all did fine. So a balanced portfolio really worked during the Great Recession because of the systemic risk. Almost every asset class besides short besides corporate or I mean I'm sorry, besides government debt went down. 
it, it was it was a much tougher correction. Um, so as long as you prepare for retirement well in advance, retiring in a down market doesn't mean you're going to have to deal with much less income for the rest of your life. In fact, if you retire and you go through a major correction, which you will every five to seven years, you'll have a 20% stock market correction, if not more. It doesn't mean that you have to cut your expenses by 20%. It means you make a small change. Maybe it's two or 3% to your budget until things recover. Cause a one year cut in your budget of 20% is really hard to do, but a long-term cut of one or 2% is really easy to do. It's not a big deal at all. There's other ways to find to save money too during that period of time. Um, so make sure you start that transition much, much earlier. The other thing I want people to concentrate on is that mix between pre-tax and their 401k and contributing to the Roth side of their 401k. Because, you got to deal and get to know your tax brackets. You might put enough in to keep yourself out of the next marginal bracket into the pre-tax side and then the rest to a Roth 401k. So if you have the ability to defer, you can afford to do 12000 into your 401k, let's say. You might say, I'm going to do half into the pre-tax and half into the Roth side, and that's a good mix for me. Because I don't think these tax cuts are going to last through 2026. I really don't. Now, I can change my tune. I have the right to do that. If we get these trade issues out of the way in the next, say, six months, and they're done, and this economy goes into you know Goldilocks period of time, where things start to really grow again, trade you know it's a global economy, and we open up trade, and and there's some wage inflation for the middle class. And we continue to do what we were basically doing last quarter before the trade issues really started to hit, then yeah, we can superheat the economy and start growing at 4% plus, And then hopefully Congress starts to, they're not going to cut expenses, but let's say they levelize expenses and we start to pay down some debt, or at least not have debt grow as quickly, then that could work. Um, but at this point in time, I don't see that really happening that way. I think the trade issues will eventually get out of the way. It might take a year, but I just don't see the idea that they're going to get the budget under control in that period of time. And if that's the case, these tax cuts expire in 2026. And remember, you're saying, oh, these aren't tax cuts. I'm not going to be able to deduct all my property taxes even on my federal return. Yeah, but you've probably been paying AMT, and you're not going to pay AMT anymore, so it's probably not as bad as you think. It might be even better. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.